Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor and motorcycle enthusiast, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite Forever Ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Hello there. No, I'm running out of credits, so I just threw <laughs> I'm exactly. just going to start throwing out things that you'd like. Things, anyways. okay. All right, motorcycle enthusiast. I yes. like that. And yeah. that is true. You have been into motorcycles since I, as long as I've known you. Yeah. So this yeah. is a big deal for you. It's a fun hobby. It's a you know, it's it's a funny thing with motorcycling because it's inherently very dangerous. It can mm-hmm. be very dangerous. Yes. Um. But I remember once reading an article about, you know, the statistically the number of people that ride motorcycles, how many get hurt and the number of people who go snow skiing that get hurt and percentage wise, a lot more people get hurt snow skiing really? than you do. But uh, no one ever says, oh, my God, you're going snow skiing. Don't do that. It's so yeah. dangerous. <laughs> but with motorcycling, everybody has an opinion. Uh, yes. And I think right. that's because with motorcycling, often it's not just injury. It can be death, you know, yeah, because of it, the 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 stakes are high, very high, and very. it is dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I, I never encourage people to take, uh, take up motorcycling casually. Like if right. you want to... If you want to ride a motorcycle, learn the skills, take the courses, really learn how to ride that motorcycle safely uh, because you're always mitigating danger. I always go out thinking, I just imagine that every single person on the road is trying to kill me. And yeah, then, oh no, true. It's defensive. Really, you have to, you have really to, have to ride defensively. Yeah, it's yeah. completely defensive. Like it, you, you, every car that you're about to pass, you assume they're going to cut in front of you, cut yeah, you off. You right? have to. You have, you have that's to. That's the only way to ride. And it's funny, not even motorcycles, but scooters. Because at UCLA, scooters, scooters are very moped dangerous. scooters were the thing. And I, I can't even tell you how many times somebody would have mm-hmm. a scooter and a friend would say, let me try, let me try. And they yeah. get on and they they give it a little too much gas. And guess what? Wheelie. I mean, the whole yeah. thing goes off the up off the ground and they crash. Yeah. And it's just, I've seen it happen over and over again. It's just, you know. Well, because people look at scooters and they think, oh, how cute. Yeah. Oh, this That's is a, a toy. Yeah. It's, it's a easy. toy. No, it's no. a motorcycle. It's a it motorized is. vehicle. You've got to be very, very careful. It so. is. But I, I love motorcycling. I yes, really do. do. I have two yes, bikes right now. I have a Triumph Tiger 1200, a big mm-hmm. bike. And then I've got a Honda uh cx 500 which is um an old 70s bike that mm-hmm. has been turned into a cool little cafe racer and so yeah. those are my two current bikes but i've yeah, i've had I'm, just about every kind of bike there is you have uh, and i actually for one christmas i got you that huge encyclopedia of motorcycles yeah, um, i still have it yes yeah. and on voyager robbie had a soft tail harley is that or i had a road king I had road a harley, king harley, harley davidson road king there you go that's what yeah. you had yeah very loud bike all those harley it was bikes. very loud yeah. so i just want to talk about last night um yes. we have a subscription to to the local theater here that brings in different broadway shows so we watched yeah. we watched jesus christ superstar last oh, night my least favorite I, musical i have to say Ugh. there was there was a family sitting in front of us I think maybe it was a quarter of the way into the show. They, they got asleep. up and left. They oh, just yeah. left. They were just like, no, yeah, no. Every it, there's, it's like one each number goes right into the next number so quickly, and it, there's no really rest. And it's I don't. It's an assault no. on the senses, and I don't understand how this became a thing. Like, how did this even become? Like, did, how do people say hey, this is going to be amazing? How did cats become a thing? I, suppose. I don't understand it. I so, don't, I would say Jesus Christ Superstar and Cats are two of my least favorite musicals. Okay. Because they're sort of concept musicals. Yeah. And I, at least in Jesus Christ Superstar, they take the, the biblical story of Jesus, yes. his life. Yes. And they tell a story. At least there's a plot. In Cats, right. there's no plot. No plot at all. And mm. I, I don't really particularly like the music or the lyrics to either one of them. I just, I don't think they're very... Are they made by the same production yes. team? Is that correct? Yeah, it was Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Lloyd, Lloyd Webber, Webber and Tim okay. Rice wrote the lyrics for both of those. Yeah. Wait, no, Tim Rice did not write lyrics for Cats. It was T.S. Eliot's 
Book of Cats. So the lyrics on Cats came from a book a of book. poems. Yeah. Poems about cats. T.S. Eliot, I think. But are and they then, still Andrew Lloyd Webber that produced both of them? Then? Andrew Lloyd right? Webber did the music for both and produced them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. It's the, the yeah. sorry you had to go through that. I've seen Jesus uh, Star a couple times. I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Did you I ever audition? No, for, did you ever audition story, for that? No, I never did. No. Okay, good. That story, the the you know the biblical story of Jesus, yeah. is so well done in the musical Godspell by Stephen Schwartz. It's oh, wonderful musical! So you would recommend that one? Then. Oh, Godspell is amazing. Huh. Is the music, the characters, the whole concept, yeah, is is brilliant. It's a it's a classic, and it's an amazing musical. That takes so, the same story, the Bible story of Jesus, yeah. and puts it into a musical theater form. So but, Judas is also in Godspell as well. The whole, oh yeah, you know, all, all the characters, everything, the but, whole story is there. But a thousand times better than a Jesus Christ Superstar is Godspell. Better, okay, in my opinion, yeah, yeah. Wow, there you go. Well, now you know so, everyone out there. I mean, if someone <laughs> says, "Hey, I've got an extra ticket to Cats or Jesus or Christ Superstar," pass. You're going to say pass, hard pass. Yes, but if please. someone says Godspell. You're going to say, me, please, and you're going to go yes. because it's worth it. Okay. That's that's the official Delta Flyers recommendation. <laughs> All right. So this okay. week's episode is Spirit Folk. Spirit Folk. So okay. we, yes, Robbie and I are going to go watch this, and we'll be right back with our recap and discussion of Spirit Folk. Ooh, man, look at this. Wow. Sequel to Fairhaven. Super exciting. Uh, I Right off the bat, we did not guess writer, director, no. any of that stuff. So, um, no, David Livingston, not. director, writer, Brian Fuller, no, uh, shared writing credits whatsoever. So, basically, no. everything story teleplay was all by our good buddy Brian. And mm -hmm. I think he did a wonderful writing job on this. Just, mm -hmm. I mean, there's he has references to. Fairhaven that he brings up the, the prior episode um, where we're in this holodeck program and just the little, little, the minute little, details. Like yeah. That. Yes. Little, like, I mean, insider sort of jokes wonderful. and things. Yes. I love like, like when they oh, say, God. they say something about, well, yeah, Tom just walks around this town. Like he built it or something, yeah. you know, stuff like that. <laughs> things like that. It's very, it's very, very funny. Oh gosh. It's funny. Okay. So yeah. we do have the, director it's david livingston written by brian fuller what about the guest stars can you run through them for us guest stars are basically all the repeats from fairhaven so we've talked about richard real as seamus mm -hmm. um ian patrick williams as fitzgerald mm -hmm. henrietta as maggie uh duffy as grace fenton as michael sullivan mm -hmm. and uh, barbara dowling as edith they were all in fairhaven the only Person yeah. that is new, yes, is Ian Abercrombie, my dear friend Ian. Milo. Milo, he's yeah. not in the uh, in the prior one. Nope. No. Oh, wow. No, he's in this one. And huh. Ian, as people who've listened to this podcast before know, uh, Ian was in the episode I directed, "Someone to Watch Over Me." Oh, and and Ian and I did a play together many years back in 1990 or something. Um, we did a play called Child's Play. I just loved. I loved Ian. Oh, he's he great. In what, what was what was his part in um, Someone to Watch Over Me? What did he play? He was the head monk when when the monk came over to the ship. Yes. Um. And oh, oh, and, the, the kids in the hall actor, right? Yeah. The so, kids, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was he was his boss. I that was, see. That was Ian. That's Ian. Oh my yeah. goodness. And he's got one of those familiar faces. You've seen him in many projects. So, yeah. yeah and we've talked job. about Ian before. So, but we didn't talk about him in the Fairhaven storyline. Right. Everyone else is repeat. Okay. So that's, that's our cast. That's right. our writer director. Let's have our poetry. Sometimes. Oh yeah. I jumped over that. Okay. Here we go with my haiku for spirit folk. Yes. Tommy pranks Harry crew thought to be spirit folk. Michael sets them straight <laughs> nice all righty i love the haiku all right yeah let's, let's go, go for a little limerick i'm ready tom's magic tire change makes seamus go wow and then he turns maggie into a cow janeway has a malfunctioning boyfriend 
the town of Fairhaven could come to an end. Then Janeway's honest, and they all get how holodecks work now. <laughs> yeah, you rhyme That's friend the with end there. I like that. Good. Yeah. And okay. I got mow, a wow, and a cow, and now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Artistic yeah. license. There. That's, yeah, a little yeah. artistic license <laughs> in the limerick. But I want to get the. I wanted to get the Good cow job. in there. Yeah, you got the I cow. To get the malfunctioning boyfriend. Very much everybody's so. everybody's known a malfunctioning boyfriend. <laughs> okay. Um, love uh, that line. Yeah, let's just start right off in the beginning. We we cut in on Tom, and I gotta say, I love the goggles on you. I love the hat. It's a it's an improvement from the prior newsboy cap that you had on. I, I like love this one. And the, the, and the overcoat. Oh my gosh. The overcoat, the white driving coat, canvas yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. I love that coat. I wish Tom Why would didn't wear you that take coat. that home? I don't know. You should I have love taken that, that from wardrobe. You should have said, wardrobe, uh, can I have this? That, that was a really, really yeah. nice piece of uh, garment. And clearly, yes. because, you know, in those times, if you have a motor car, you have money. You know, everyone else is in a carriage and everything. So I think what Bob Blackman did was he felt, all right, if Tom is driving this vehicle and no one poor is going to be driving a vehicle like that, let's make him look a little bit more, you know, like he's coming to some money. And that's, you know, I think the the lovely overcoat and that goggles and and the hat looks great. So Tom is driving this car through Fairhaven, through the streets. I love this sequence. It Obviously, I do remember driving this thing. Yeah. And it it's you know generous to call it a car because it's a <laughs> carriage with a stick and a motor. And I can't remember if it was, I think it was gasoline operated. It ran pretty wow. well. Wow. Okay. And I got to drive it, and there's a lot of angles on it. So uh yeah. you see, you know, there's a close-up. I think when we did the close-up of me driving, I actually sat in the back. The camera operator was handheld in the front seat mm-hmm. with a stunt driver, and I was pretending to drive, but gotcha. it was a low angle yep. handheld in the car. I remember yep. having to sit not where I really was driving, but move back to cheat it while they drove me around. Um, I wonder if that's an actual vintage vehicle from the time period. I think period, it was. Or I think it was. Was it a replica? Really well, not no, a replica. I think it was. Okay. It was a real, I remember, and, and I remember the person who owned it was there. And very proud of it. Oh, I'm was, sure. You know, they would not leave that baby. Shining it up and keeping <laughs> yeah. it running. And yeah. yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's in good condition. It was a pretty, pretty cool car. Most definitely. But he drives through the street. I remember that. Crashes into some barrels. Yeah. And the wheels fall off. One wheel. One the wheel falls wheel. off. Yeah. <laughs> Seamus runs over to Tom to see if he's okay. And he comments on how well Tom must be doing recently because he has mm-hmm. a motor vehicle. Mm-hmm. And Tom comes up with this old story of he's been story. dipping into his inheritance from his grandfather on his mother's mm-hmm. side. So mm-hmm. once he hears that, Seamus is like, I would like some money for beer. And Tom does give him some money. Gives and, him a few shillings. Yeah. And then Seamus heads well, over to the bar, walking right. away. Well, he does ask Tom. To join mm-hmm. him. And Tom says, no, he's heading to Castle Odell, which is, of course, where the fairy queen lives after dark. And you have to be mm-hmm. careful of that. So there's a little bit of concern on Seamus's, um, you know, face, but he's more excited about the beer. So he goes yeah. to, the, to Sullivan's to go have that pint. Goes over there to have that pint and takes a look back at one point mm-hmm. to Tom. And Tom has pulled out a pad. Yeah. And he's telling the computer to repair the tire. Or maybe he didn't have a pad. I can't remember, actually. Maybe that's with Maggie later on. But he does. Basically, Tom says, computer, repair the tire. And it magically, you know, regenerates onto the vehicle because it's all a holodeck. Yes. But Seamus sees this and he freaks out. He He sees his face and the push in on his face. (gasps) Seamus is very frightened. Yeah. Good, good um, correction, because you didn't have a pad da, 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 at that point. I didn't. Yeah. No, that was later That's on later. with Maggie. That's later. Yeah, I'm so excited about the camera. I know. I it's going to be so I good. Trying to so jump good. there. 
We're in Sullivan's uh, and Seamus is talking about seeing Tom Paris using unnatural powers to fix his wheel. Michael, he's panicking and he downs yeah. a big beer. I yeah, love and that. then he speaks. Exactly. <laughs> Michael was very skeptical of this. Michael skeptical yes. the entire time. The uh, town doctor, Fitzgerald, tells Seamus just to leave it alone. You know, it's just one of his crazy stories again. And Milo jumps in. Yeah. Milo, who we have not Ian seen. Abercrombie. He's yes, Ian Abercrombie jumps in. I and got he excited says, when I And I love this. And that's the line that you came up with earlier that you had a chuckle about. That Tom Paris is an odd one. Coming and going through town as if he built the place. A very, mm-hmm. very funny line on the part of Brian Fuller. And then they talk about he's a shifty one. And for that matter, so are his friends. And at this point, Michael's mad. Michael tells Milo he better not be talking about his Katie Eau Claire. And Seamus brings up Kilmannon in 1846. Oh, yes. Yes. A town which is no longer on the map because guess what? A band of spirit folk came into town and the townsfolk welcomed them with open arms. And then there's a line where Seamus says, after all, a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet, which is a reference back to the prior episode, a line yeah. from the prior episode. But now he's being sarcastic. He's being like, sarcastic, we yes. We can't just trust everybody. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I just want to pause for a second and yeah. say, at this point when I'm watching the episode, all I'm thinking is, wait a minute, this holodeck just runs without any of us there? Like, yeah. they're all hanging out, talking. Yeah. Well, later on, I realized that that's a part of this, but I didn't know that at the time. So I'm watching the episode going, why are we watching all these holodeck yeah, characters? <laughs> No. Having conversations without us when the holodeck would be shut down yeah. normally if we if we weren't actively participating yeah. in it. Well, Janeway but, gave you the AOK to keep that thing running 24-7. So but I didn't you know. know that at this point. Okay, so, so I here was, you're confused. I gotta you're say confused. I was All a right. little confused. Yeah. All right. Back to Kilmanon. So in Kilmanon, the cows stopped giving milk. The potatoes grew rotten in the ground, and then people started going missing. And by the time winter came around, guess what? They were all gone because they were transported to another world and the entire town vanished. So Seamus, he says to keep an eye on Tom Paris and his cohorts, including that lady of Michael's, Katie Eau Claire. And right when he mm-hmm. says that, Katie Eau Claire arrives. Katie Eau Claire arrives. Yeah. And Jane guess what? Arrives. She's got the butt of steel all over yes, again. Yes, she does. It's just like, my goodness, there it is. The butt yeah. of steel in yeah. all its glory. And Michael greets her, brings her over to the bar to yeah. get her a drink. And she orders um, tea. She orders tea, exactly. Mm-hmm. He, I love the line where uh, she says, Sorry, I'm late or something. And he says, Oh, did you snatch some children on your way yes, through town? Yes, yes. Yes. With a sideways glance to Seamus yeah. while he's yes. doing that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, she um, says, uh, Well, he does ask her where she's been. And she says she's been at her uncle and aunt's farm. And she talks about the goat over there, which would give the talking pig a run for its money in town. And he says, well, maybe you should bring it in. And it's funny because it sounded like he said, maybe you should beam it in. I had to rewind that like 15 times. I'm like, did he say beam it uh, in? And it's like, bring it in. That Irish accent. Yeah, yeah. The Irish accent. It's a little, little tough for me to understand at times, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. There's times when Michael's yeah. saying things that I'm just scratching my head going, what, what, what was that? I, I couldn't catch it entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, Janeway says she wants to catch a show at the Nickelodeon, the movie mm-hmm. theater that just opened up recently. And he says, you know, he has to work. And she says, okay, another time. But he wants her to stay. I mean, she's come all this way. And she says that she could be convinced to stay if he would be up for a game of rings. And right when she says, let's go, this is one of the very few times that I've noticed this is clearly ADR. Like most of Kate's lines, even though, even when she ADRs them, it's seamless. She's such a professional. She's able to make that seamless transition. Mm. But in this one, I definitely heard her. It it was like another day, another month later when she said, let's go. Yeah. Completely different sound. Um, than what we heard, uh, what we recorded on set. Exterior space shot of Voyager back into mm-hmm. the mess hall. Yeah, we go to the mess hall. Yeah. Harry's Ordering replicating lilies. a dozen Broadway lilies. Yeah, Broadway They come up in the replicator. Paris pops in. Yeah. Um, little troublemaker Paris in this episode. Yeah. Um, I love his line. Something tells me that isn't lunch. Um <laughs> Yeah, which I thought did was you, just funny. Side note, did you it know this? Funny. My father came up with the cure when he was a plant pathologist for a common disease for Easter lilies. Mm-hmm. 
that caused Easter lily crops to just go down south all the time, like the common cold. So he came up with a cure for that. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that was my We could have used him on Voyager. Could have. We could have. So, yeah, Tom, you interrupt me, ask who the flowers are for, and you tell me to watch out when dealing with country girls. Watch out for Maggie O'Halloran. And then Harry kind of jabs him back with, yeah, well, I with heard your about, accident. you know, yeah, I heard about your accident. I don't know if I should take any advice from you. Yeah. Bellana comes over. She's listening to this and she has had enough of this Fairhaven yes. program. She and this has. is when she says, you know, Tom, you've been running it around the clock. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, that's why we were watching a scene with all yeah. these holiday characters and yeah. none of us there. Yeah. Because it's running around the clock. That's right. She's, she says, she's the voice of reason. Yeah, she's she's very skeptical of this thing. Stop playing video games. Um, she says she had to repair three hollow emitters. Tom says he ran a diagnostic. Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah. Harry says he's late. He's got to go. Tom offers to chaperone this date with Maggie. <laughs> but Harry says not with your driving record, and he's out. Um, and then Tom says he's got an idea to make his date interesting with a smirk Tom, and the master of mischief is what i should start yeah. calling tom now mm. and balana just says please don't break the hollow emitters tom is such a boy he's such a boy. he really guy, is you know? and i just love how Tora is right in the beginning saying this program is an accident waiting to happen she is foreshadowing the next mm-hmm. you know the upcoming scenes so well, we jump back to Fairhaven, and now tom is following harry and maggie seamus and milo are following tom so now we have two sets of parties that are unawares of being followed and everybody's following. It. It's a yeah. cute little scene. This street looked beautiful, by the way, it looked amazing. The lighting mm-hmm. and everything was just beautiful. Love the dialogue about how Harry's not really lying to Maggie. He's talking about the fact that he is, you know, stationed on a ship. Right. So he says, mm-hmm. and so you hear Maggie say, must be lonely out there on the sea with only the stars to guide you. Can I ask you something, Harry? Would you like to hold my hand? Now, when she said that, and when I read this script, this part of the script, I started getting so nervous because of my um, my issue with sweaty palms that I had. Oh, before. sweaty hands. Mm-hmm. I had that sweaty the hands. entire yeah. time during Voyager until, I think we talked about this, until after the show was done. Mm-hmm. I ended up having the surgery that stopped the hyperhidrosis, the excessive sweating, which can be so, it just, it's debilitating when you have a hand, which is, it just feels like you just ran it under a faucet, you know, and there is a certain percentage of this population that has to deal with that ailment. And I was one of them until I had that operation. So, Mm -hmm. um, so knowing that, that, you know, this was written into the script, I was just sweating bullets already. So no matter all, yeah. And you know, it's it's funny because different actresses throughout the seven years have acted different ways when I've had to somehow touch their hand, hold their hand, do anything where they felt my sweaty palms. Some were sort of, you know, very sympathetic. And, and there was, I can't remember, maybe it was Maggie or maybe it was the uh, actress in the next episode. But I definitely have had a time where, where someone said, I don't care how sweaty your palms are you focus on the work right now. Okay. doesn't matter to me. You yeah. don't have cooties. I'm fine. You know, which was the best thing that someone could have said to me you know, on set yeah. and having to deal with that. Yeah, It's very distracting. Mm-hmm. That kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, sweating. So they're talking and Harry's being a poet and talking about being out and on his ship. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, maybe you should settle down on dry land sometime. And yeah. And we cut over, we see Tom pulling a pad out now. Yeah. He's pulling the pad out. Yeah. And Seamus and, and Milo look over and they think it's like some talisman, some <laughs> supernatural talisman thing. Yes, yeah, so you you have your pad to do, um, but you also react to my lines with her. Like I it, at one point I say something and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God. You you do the proverbial eye roll. Because I know, it's rolling so my cheesy eyes. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's very, so, very funny. Yeah. <laughs> But Tom's watching, and then Maggie asks if he'd like to kiss her, and Harry goes in for the kiss, the famous kiss. Yeah. And that's when Tom hits a couple of buttons on the pad. Yes. And Maggie turns into a cow. Yes. Just as Harry gets in there, (laughs) turns into a cow. Right. But just so everyone knows, I never. people do ask me this question at conventions. They say, did you actually kiss the cow on set? And I said, no. I did not actually mm-hmm. put my lips against that visual effects. They, they made it look like that cow's lips were right on my lips, but I, I did not actually, no. I came dang close. I will say that much, 
but I did not actually touch my lips to the cow's lips at all. Mm-hmm. The whole time that I was watching this scene, I kept thinking about Katy Perry's song, I Kissed a Girl, but swapped around but I liked with Harry it. going, yeah, 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 with Harry going, I kissed a cow, but I liked it exactly. And I just started laughing <laughs> all over again because of that. <laughs> Uh, yes. That's funny. Oh, when, when, when you do turn her into a cow and I realize it's you immediately, you hear me go, I yell, Tom. Now that shot, you see condensation on my breath and the cow's nostrils, but nowhere else, the scene before or after, do you see that it's a cold night? I think they did that shot last. I think we shot the whole scene and the very last thing they did was that vis effect shot of you kissing the cow. So it was oh. later. So you think colder. it was colder then? Yeah. So it was yeah. not added by, it was not nope. a CGI thing then, correct? You feel like nope. it was an actual temperature thing. It was temperature and it was sense. the last thing they did that makes night. Sense. I think so. Makes sense. Well, we're interrupted by a hail from Chakotay ordering Paris and Kim to report mm-hmm. to the bridge. And I love your line to my final line. Well, what about Maggie? You say, she'll be fine. Let her graze, which is one of the funnier lines in this whole darn episode. Very I funny. love it. Good job, Brian. Oh, we go to the chapel next. Yep. So so Seamus and Milo are freaking out from this cow, yeah. this Maggie turning into a cow, freaking out. Mm-hmm. We go to the, the church next to the chapel and on stage, the doctor is giving a sermon about yeah. two farmers that are fighting and right. he's talking about, we should all get along. And I love when it cuts over to Grace Declan and she says, I think he might've been drinking the sacramental wine, taking a nip of the sacramental wine. Did you get her line before that? that? Her line before she said no, that, she that? goes, He's in love with the sound of his own voice. That's what she oh, says. Yeah. And then she goes into She's the- She's got a couple yeah. of peanut gallery lines. She does. She does. She really does. So the doctor is giving his sermon. He's getting very heated, really angry at them for the fighting and the not getting along. Yeah. Um, and tonally, yeah. tonally for me, I wasn't sure if screaming was the right choice here. I, per- personally, I just, I was, I didn't, under- I didn't get that. I, I felt like mm-hmm. I got pulled out. I was like, wait a minute. Why is he screaming that much? Like, I don't know what direction he was given or what he was playing. What was he playing? Angry, yeah. I don't know. What, what is he playing at this point? Right. So I, I, if you're a clergyman. I, it did seem a little too heated for me. Yes. If you're a clergyman, I mean, do you see any Sunday morning televangelists screaming at the top of their lungs at their at their congregation? Not really. I mean, I think if we had known what this story was really about, maybe, you know, but because it's just a story about some farmers fighting and we're not invested in that story, I felt like it probably didn't need to be as hot as it was. Yeah. Um, And maybe the doctor is just enjoying the opportunity to be bombastic and big. And I don't know. I don't know, Maybe. but it was a little, it was a little hot for me. It felt real yeah. as opposed to comic hot, you know, yeah. there's a version of being really bombastic, but being funny. And this felt almost like the doctor was really invested in this in a way that I didn't quite understand. There but, you go. That's exactly um, my, my notes. Exactly. Yeah. But he does, the doctor does cover for us uh, once the Seamus and Milo bring the yeah, cow, the cow into up. the chapel. <laughs> they think it's Maggie O'Halloran. They're like, you guys, this is Maggie. Yeah. Tom Paris is uh, evil. He turned her into a cow. Yeah. And the doctor covers. He goes, no, it was probably Tom Paris just likes to play pranks. Yeah. And they say, no, we saw it with our own eyes. Yeah. And the doctor says, well, when's the last time you saw Maggie? And they say, last night she was turned into this cow. And mm. doctor says, no. That settles that. I saw Maggie this morning by her cart tending her flowers. In fact, she's and probably so, there now. Yeah. She's probably there now. So, and then he says, uh, you Give know, me the cow. is over. <laughs> leave, leave the cow here. And then they all sort of think that oh, it was a misunderstanding and they all start to exit. Right. And clearly- I was thinking this whole time though, they brought a real cow onto stage, onto the soundstage. They did, and cows are not cooperative. No, and I've you can see. Well, you before. can see when they're bringing the cow in. Yeah. Cow in the cow does not want to come inside of that building. Uh-uh. It, it was Mm-mm. not happy, and I was a little worried because, you know, those are two grown adult males, but that cow could still cow has horns. Yeah, that was that a cow bull could knock with them. horns. Oh, yeah. Okay, that male bull could knock them over very easily and injure yeah. those actors so uh, you know that's that was kind of dangerous to yeah. be honest yeah 
Uh, but we do we don't see the scene of the doctor doing this, but we assume that it's the doctor who programs uh, Maggie back into human form and sends her yeah. to the flower cart where yeah we, we see a high um, wide shot of Maggie appearing beaming yes. in to the flower cart. She's right. kind of disoriented. Seamus and Milo come over. She says, I feel like I just woke up from the strangest dream. Yeah. But she doesn't remember going to sleep. She only mm-hmm. remembers going for a walk with mm-hmm. Harry. And they ask her, well, what can, yeah, what can you remember? She can't remember anything this yeah. about last night, what happened. And so they say, well, what do you remember about the dream? Yeah. She says, I was walking around town with nothing but a bell around my neck. She talks about walking to church and everyone was staring at her. She says, Seamus, you were there. Milo, you were there. Well, at this point, I think Seamus and Milo feel like something's afoot and they yeah, decide yeah. that they need to go back to Sullivan's to have another drink. <laughs> and yeah. so we do go back to Sullivan's and now everyone's in there. I mean, it's 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 the entire gang and they're all talking. They're trading stories. Harry mm-hmm. changing the weather with Milo. Mary falling down a well. And next thing you know, Katie O'Claire is talking to Mary without a scratch on little Mary. Grace mm-hmm. after mass saying that she saw Father Mulligan vanish into thin air. And even even Maggie talking about how about uh, Neelix. Neelix. Oh, I love that line. Like that. Now that's someone who, if, if he's not a leprechaun, you know, who, you know, who would, who is it? Who is, who, yeah. is, who would be a leprechaun if it isn't Neelix? Cause he does yeah. kind of look like a leprechaun. He looks like a leprechaun. He does. He does. Um, like great scene. Michael Sullivan shows up in this yes. scene as they're talking, getting all wound up and he tries to calm them down. He's like, what do you want to do? You want to put him in front of a firing squad? Yeah. Like let's calm down, deal with this, like civilized people. he, stops them from getting too out of control. And then we go to a dinner scene and uh, Michael and Katie O'Claire, AKA Janeway are having a Mm -hmm. romantic dinner by a roaring fire. I love that fire. It was beautiful. Um, He gives her a book. He hands her a copy of a book entitled the fairy queen by Edmund Spencer and uh, by Edmund Spencer. She says, Oh, I've never read this. Mm-hmm. And he's, and then he suggests to her that, you know, the people around town think that there's some really strange things happening, mm-hmm. you know, unholy magic, people vanishing. Mm-hmm. And she even asks at one point, she says, Oh, and who am I in this, in their story? Am, am mm-hmm. I the fairy queen? So the appropriateness of the book that he gave her, yes. um, and, but then he says, you know what? I don't, I really don't know who you are actually. Yeah. And he says, to be honest, uh, I talked to my friends over in County Clare, where you say you're from. Nobody knows you, nobody. And she says, oh, well, you've been talking to the wrong people. And no, he says, I have a lot of friends. I, nobody knows you. Yeah. And so he's, he's, checked he's like, in on her. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's checked in on her. And he says, well, what are you hiding? And yeah. she admits that she has hidden some things, but she cares about him. And that's why she didn't share it because she, yeah. she had no other choice under the circumstances. Right. And then she looks back at the fire and there's this shot of her she's looking at the fire and yeah. thinking, and it just felt really melodramatic and forced <laughs> to me. I got to say, I love this scene. It was a very simple scene, but yeah. I was like, why did yeah. She have to look back like that. And I don't well, know. I just felt a little. Well, she takes the easy me. way out in this scene in that she, she ends stands the program. Yep. She just ends the whole program. Computer and program. Well, frankly, she's shocked because like, you know, he's saying, look, I don't even know where you're going at night, you know, and, and I can't get a hold of you. There's times I just want to say hello to you. I can't even do that. And so these are all questions that no holodeck character has done in the past, has, has yeah. ever engaged in. And so she's confused. Yeah. We jump to the Voyager corridors where Janeway is still in period piece clothing or cosplay as the youngins call it. And mm-hmm. she asked Tom, what is going on with the holodeck characters? What did you do? What to did this you do? Program? Exactly. <laughs> no character should be asking questions like Michael did. And no. what does Tom say? Well, I just added a few things to make the characters more realistic. And Janeway goes, well, something's wrong. Something is definitely wrong. Now we're in engineering where Janeway and Tom have arrived. Harry and Bolana are there. Harry says, you know, this is the first time We've tried to run a holodeck program nonstop. Torres says that there are damaged subroutines in all of the characters' files, every single one of them. So Janeway mm-hmm. says, shut down the program, repair the damaged systems. So now we have the next scene where Harry and Tom are in what I wrote. The I wrote initially holodeck one, but that's incorrect. It's the holodeck lab is what we're in. 
What? Is, I didn't yeah, even know that you was a holodeck lab. Yeah, because you talk about it in the scene, actually. So Harry and Tom are working on repairing the program. Harry brings up a very important point that, as he recalled, everything was fine until someone started turning people into cows. So Tom asked the computer to display Fairhaven character Michael Sullivan. He is edgy and completely aware that he is no longer in Fairhaven. And this is a shock to Tom. Tom says he's not supposed mm-hmm. to be aware that he's in the lab. So this is where you say you call it the lab. Yeah, and he's ready yeah. for a fight. He's he like, is. He's going he's gonna to yeah. break some heads, he says, or something like that. And Harry mm-hmm. says his perceptual filters are malfunctioning. Harry then pushes a few buttons and he says he's fixed it. And while this is happening, Michael is turned around away from Tom and Harry. He's looking around the room. He sort of does a 360. And while he's listening with his back to us, you can see him thinking like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm going to play along. I'm going to play along. Exactly. So he basically plays dead, so to speak. And yeah, yeah. So he fakes it. And he acts just like everything's fine. He talks yeah. about uh, uh, Liam wanting a rematch with Harry. And uh, Harry and Tom are very proud of themselves. We're patting each other on the back. And Harry notices that all of the other characters in Fairhaven have the same malfunction. He says that we can use the primary control port in Sullivan's pub and we can reset all the perceptual filters in one go, which is something that Tom is excited and happy that we can do that all at once instead of having to individually repair them. We basically send Michael Sullivan back into his bar where he does reappear in Sullivan's. Mm -hmm. But then the next shot is him Mm -hmm. running outside of Sullivan's. He sees little Danny. Did you get Danny's credits? Little Danny? He does say something right there. I don't even know if they even listed. I didn't. He's not listed as a credit. I didn't see any credit for him. Probably an extra or something. Well, and they just did did some. Yeah, Loop Group added his his line or something like that. He did have a line, a little brief one. But he asked Danny to go fetch Doc Fitzgerald. Bring him back to the church or the chapel. Now, Mm -hmm. we now jump to the bridge. We're at Harry Station where Tom and Harry are talking about Michael being aware, even after they thought his perceptual filters were yeah. reset. Yeah. They they realized now that he was just playing a lot. Yeah. That, yeah. that he, he, they hadn't really fixed him. Yeah. And Janeway uh, makes a comment they... about the fact that he's a Irish hologram and that's, you know, they're feisty and they're not, <laughs> therefore that's yes. why he's doing that. Yes. Harry has resequence algorithms that should repair the malfunctioning character files. So Tom and Harry leave the bridge and they pass Tarek at Tuvok station. No clue where Tuvok is at this point, but we do see mm-hmm. Tarek um, or. Janeway's wearing a wig in this, like a different wig. This scene out of all the scenes jumped out at me as like, wait, I feel like this wig I've never seen before and or something. Her hair looked different on the bridge for really? some reason. Okay. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that, but very observant of you. Yeah. She sits down at her chair. Looked a little different to me. Like straighter or shorter? Yeah. What do you mean? Shorter and straighter. Yeah. Okay. It was definitely a wig. Yeah. But it was just, you know, she had a lot of different hairdos on our show. This she is did. one that I was just like, it felt a little like I hadn't seen it quite like this and never remember seeing it again like this Gosh. so they may have might have tried a new wig for the scene and said afterwards said nah that doesn't work yeah. and never used it I possibly possibly um but yeah Janeway and chicote talk she sits down mm-hmm. and uh she doesn't know what to do about you know this this holodeck and what if they can't fix michael you know what if they can't fix him well she calls <laughs> him her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. Do you, you yes. notice that, right? She doesn't. Yes. She doesn't say Michael. She says my boyfriend. I've got a malfunctioning yeah. boyfriend. Basically, what am I thinking? I love that line. And Chicote is not even shocked by any of this news, or I can't or believe, bothered. like, yeah, you know what yeah. he's doing? He's playing. This is cool. supposed to be. He's playing. Yeah, it cool. maybe he's playing cool. He's playing it super Chicote cool. Chicote are meant to be. We all know. We know that. that. And he's just sitting there going like, you know what? I'm just going to hear her out. I'm going to let her have her little dalliances on the side with holodeck characters. And mm-hmm. I know she'll come back to me in the long, in the long run. You know, if, if you love something or if you love someone, let them free. What is it? What do they say? What's the word? If you, if you love, love someone, set, set them, them free. free. And if the if love is true, back, they come back it was to you. Meant to, it was meant to be. Yeah. Exactly. So there you go. That's where and, I think Chakotay is. 
Mm-hmm. That may be where he's at. He also says to her, just tell the truth. Yeah. You know, that's your the advice that you've given me. Just tell the truth. And she says she can't do that. So then he yeah. says, well, then you will have you to better get, get creative, creative, whatever that exactly. means. <laughs> exactly. yeah. I love it. We go to church next. Yeah. Michael is there. He uh, tells Fitzgerald that he was that he went to the other world, that to another world, he was taken away. Yeah. And they were talking about changing people. And he says, they were talking like I wasn't even there. (laughs) And he knows that, that, you know, Harry and Tom are going to be headed to the pub to do something, you know, change all of them, do something to them. And he doesn't know exactly what their plan is, but we have to be prepared. And so you can see that Michael is now convinced that these guys are dangerous like the rest of the town. Yeah. So we go in the pub. We see outside the window, Tom and Harry with lanterns kind of walking by the shadows of them. And then they come into the empty pub. I thought it was a really cool shot. It was a cool shot. You know, a cool way to bring us in. Yeah. Uh, We go in the the pub, in Sullivan's pub. Nobody's there. So we head over to the wall, open up a a holodeck panel, Mm -hmm. and we start working the panel. Yeah. And then the camera goes behind the panel, and we see over by that front door that Grace had been following us, Mm -hmm. or she sees us. She pokes her head up over the little divider thing. That sassy little Grace. Sassy Grace, and she spotted us. So we go to the church next. Yeah. And everybody's gathered there. It's like in Frankenstein, like they've got guns and torches and lanterns. They're ready to get the the spirit folk. Seamus starts off by saying, if we're going to fight them, we have to use the right ammunition. And he talks about this book that he got from Biddy Ramsey before she passed on. And she knew a thing or two about fairy magic and how to fight it. So everything she learned, she learned from this book. And yes. Michael it has fairy incantations yeah. in the book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Michael says he doesn't want to use the gun. Right. He doesn't that he doesn't want to shoot them. Yeah. And yeah, Seamus says, I've got something better. Yeah. Incantations. Mm-hmm. And he gets and then he starts talking to the crowd and he just gets the crowd riled up. And yes, then that's when just when they're riled up, Grace shows up. She says, they're in the pub. <laughs> and out everybody goes. So they've got the guns. They've, they've got incantations. They're, yeah. This is not looking good for Harry and Tom. Yeah. They come yeah. running in the pub. They throw, a Harry net. And Tom. they throw a net on us. Do you remember that? I don't remember that yes, scene. I do. You do? <laughs> yeah, because I kept thinking... Man, we didn't even make a, any move to we didn't avoid even fight the back. Net. We didn't even fight, no. we did not fight back at all. I feel and like I think even my hands went up and I, helped bring the net over. <laughs> it's like we made it easier for them. Like I we think should have I, said, "Here, <laughs> hand us the net. We'll put it over ourselves." No, I think That's I even had hard. a discussion with David Livingston about the about this entire scene, this whole sequence that's about to happen, starting with inside Sullivan's pub. I said, "Listen." Aren't we going to uh, try to dodge these people or avoid the net? Or I mean, we're just going to let the net fall on us? And he's like, yeah, well, you have to do it that way. I said, okay. So I just went along with it. <laughs> yeah, it looked yeah. a little silly. Yeah. They pull us They pull us away from the panel. Yeah. We're under the net that we helped them put on us. Yes. And um, Tom's saying, you know, just let us explain. Yeah. He's trying to talk to them. Right. And then they see the control panel. Right. And they shoot the panel. Yeah. Seamus says, shoot it. And yes. Shoot it. They shoot the panel. Computer says, safety protocols and controls are offline. Yeah. And then they shoot it again. Yeah. They shoot it again. uh, Over the emergency overrides are malfunctioning. But this is when Paris says, computer, freeze program. And I love this. Computer says, 62% compliance. And only a little bit more than half are frozen, which is awesome. I love that shot. And it's great because they're kind of like like holograms. You know, you can see through the ones that are frozen, but the other ones. The other ones uh, take off and exit the pub with Tom and Harry. Yeah. And honestly, that should have given us a lot of time because I think all the denizens of Fairhaven would have looked at their fellow Fairhaven citizens that were frozen and would have been so freaked out that it would have given us a much more time to get away. But, you know, but they, we, they're we, on our heels. They run out. We have a little head start. We start running out mm-hmm. uh, when 62% compliance happens. Yeah. But out on the street, um tom says computer exit and you see an exit sort of fritz like 
Yeah. Yeah. A little arch for a holodeck exit, but it mm-hmm. fritzes and we can't get out. And the townspeople <laughs> grab them. I love this scene out on the street because it was one shot. It was yeah. just high. That's right. And wide. Yeah. And I, I really liked it. It had nice choreography. It felt cinematic. It was uh, made the street look good. And good told choice. The story without close ups or any of that. It good was choice, great. David Livingston. Good choice. We go out to space. There's a flyby of Voyager yeah. for a little transition. And we're in the briefing room. Oh, yeah. Where the whole crew is gathered. Jane Do you, and do you remember Dave. when we were talking about this, what we remember about this in the beginning? And you know, the the question from your side was, were there any aliens interacting with us in this episode? Yeah. None. This whole no. episode is about Tom changing Maggie into a cow, everything glitching, and it's just us and the people of Fairhaven. There's, and then now the whole briefing room, which is usually where we get out of, de- you know, where we try to plan and strategize when we're yeah. dealing with the aliens of the week. But now we're dealing with the holiday characters of the week is yes. who that we're dealing with. Well, here's another thing they talk about. They said, somebody says transporters can't get a lock on them. Yeah. I think Chakotay said that. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, why? We're on our own ship. Like, <laughs> and, and the answer is too many stray, stray photons. 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 Yeah, photons. Too yeah. many stray photons. They can't what? get a lock. Yeah. Can't, you can't. <laughs> Well, like we've gotten the, transporter logs and so we, they're on the ship. I know, like, but there's right just around the corner. I, I hear you, but it made total sense to me. I know it's ridiculous to you, know. but that all those just malfunctions are messing out. up. They can't, they can't get a solid lock. Compensate. compensate. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then usually we do compensate, but in this yeah. case, it doesn't work. It does not. Work. No way to get them out. Um, you know, they don't want to shut down the program and lose all these well, characters and, and let's face it, Captain Janeway doesn't want to lose her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. She still wants her boyfriend. So yeah. Bolana says, pull the plug. Neelix goes, no, we, I, we can't, we yeah. can't uh, destroy the program. We'll lose the story and the mm-hmm. people. Janeway even says, that's true. Let's find a less drastic solution. And Bolana mm-hmm. says, with all due respect, Captain, Michael Sullivan can be reprogrammed. Tom and Harry can. cannot. Yes. I love she that. She cared about us. She cared about She's us. She's the only one in that room yes. that cares enough yeah. to just turn it off. Oh, yeah. And we would be fine. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard, you guys. No. Anyway. But the plan, the plan is to yes. send the doctor in with these transport enhancers that will of be course. stuck on yes. our bodies and then they can beam us out. That's the why don't we why don't when we go on an away mission we always take these transport enhancers <laughs> and then we'll never have a problem getting transported out of trouble if it's we like have those, these things it's like those things we... that you know when you go to the apple store and they give you those little wi-fi things that you can stick into your travel luggage like that and mm-hmm. you can detect where your bags your lost baggage are mm-hmm. and if it's yeah, no just longer send the little, we can, yeah, little we need tag a little transport but you know to be honest those are big transport enhancers when they you see them later big. they were not they were not microscopic they're they're massive they're like, yeah okay but you're yeah. right we could tra- we, uh, could we go to the church we, have, we should always have them we anyway, should have them all the time we go to the church tom and harry are tied up uh they're doing incantations on them well did you, you notice know, there's a salt, the other world there's a line of salt around us and that's how yes. you that's how you stop demons and whatnot from evil spirits yeah, evil, yeah, yes. that's how you corral the, the evil unholy things in uh the yeah, world yeah they've got a salt <laughs> circle around us they're doing these incantations yeah. i love when i think it's seamus goes back to the other world <laughs> and then it cuts to us and we're both like rolling our eyes and then he says it again Back to the other world. Well, everyone's Nothing. throwing holy water on us at this yeah, point, they're right? They're, they're holy flicking water, water on us. Very and funny. My notes were now this episode is an episode of Supernatural. This is what we're it's, watching right now. Yeah. We've gone there, uh, which is funny. fine. I like Supernatural, so it's okay for me. But Milo brings uh, the tools that they had uh, when they were working on the holodeck panel. Yeah. Brings the toolbox over. Yeah. And uh, Seamus picks up the pad duh, duh, duh. Yeah. and he says this is the charm they use to change maggie into a cow yes so he thinks that pad is some kind of talisman mm-hmm. michael tries to stick up for us he does you know he's he like does. leave him alone he says right? calm he, down yeah. everybody mm-hmm. he's he's trying to stick up for him and that's when the doctor appears though. yes the and doctor appears doctor appears he goes sinners, sinners. he's yelling at them he is. again Again, um, <laughs> screaming his lungs out. He says, you know, yeah. this is a church. It's not a prison. Yeah. 
how dare you be doing this? Yeah. They don't buy it. No. Seamus goes over. He's like, we saw that. We saw you disappear. We're yeah. not believing you anymore. You know, the this. lines written by Brian Fuller yeah. says, Seamus says, quite a rousing sermon, father, but I'm afraid you're not going to find too many takers tonight. So I love the writing here. So good. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they pull off his mobile emitter. I know he's they look over at his mobile emitter. They're like, what is this thing? That's another talisman. Another talisman. They yeah. pull it off. And then the doctor sort of fritzes because I guess his program is transferred from the mobile emitter when they pull it off. Yeah. Into the holo matrix. Into of the, the holo matrix. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, so we jumped to, you know, the doctor's all tied up with us right at this point. We jumped to the bridge and Janeway is saying, beam him, out, beam him out of there. And Tuvok says, oh, his program's been disengaged from the mobile emitter. And now guess what? He is just as vulnerable as we are at this point. Yeah. Yeah. He's stuck in there. In fact, he's even more vulnerable in a way because he's tied into kind of, he, he seems to be more vulnerable for some reason. Yeah, I guess he now. could, yeah, no, he could actually start malfunctioning himself because he's now yeah. part of that malfunctioning program. Yeah, we jump exactly. back to uh, the church, St. Mary's and Seamus. Seamus is now asking, you know, and what are you planning on doing with these? He's holding the transport enhancers and Kim, Kim's just blunt. He's like, those are the devices that are, are going to allow us to leave and, you know, just pin them to our coats and we'll be on our way. And Milo it doesn't believe it. He's like, okay, you're gonna have more powers if if you if you do this. You know, Seamus is is uh, saying the same thing. And Michael says, Michael sort of feels like, no, this is uh, this is not a talisman. This is not some type of unholy thing. It's a machine. So he's much more practical. Yeah. He has he's a voice of reason, but not Seamus and Milo, who basically egg on the entire town to be against us mm -hmm. and then i think seamus tries hypnosis right oh, this, yeah, is where, yeah, that's this is where seamus pulls out a spoon on a string <laughs> or something and this he, is my, he says i'm okay. gonna hip, hypnotize that you doctor I, I, and the doctor's like oh yes ha, ha, ha. yes hypnosis won't work on me yes and i'm and going to say see the doctor's eyes <laughs> yes. oh. but so, i'm just gonna say right now for all the yelling and screaming, which I thought were not the right choices for the doctor to make in this episode, this scene makes up for everything. The point it's with the bed. So oh, it's so funny. And I'm just like, so yes. funny when he gets hypnotized and the spoons going and his eyes are back and forth. And then he just he's out. Oh, totally. But the thing is, when he says that, you know, I can't be hypnotized, this is ridiculous. We do cut to the bridge, right? Where the Chico where Chicote yeah. and Janeway have a couple of lines about how the doctor's program is yeah, they can't isolate him any longer. Yeah, isolated, he's integrated. it's integrated, exactly. he's vulnerable now. Yep. And then yep. now when they come back to St. Mary's, he's completely hypnotized, which is completely wonderful. Hypnotized. <laughs> he's spilling the beans. Federation Starship Trevor class, registry number. He's just he's giving it all yeah. up. It, it just it makes everything. Me, oh my gosh. Did you ever watch Volunteers? The movie Volunteers with Tom Hanks and mm -mm. Rita Hanks. And they're basically no, they work I don't for the, think I ever saw it. Oh yeah. god, they work for the Peace Corps and they are they're overseas in Thailand and basically the communist Chinese army. So they come in. John Candy is also in the Peace Corps with them. And he's this diehard guy from watch the state of Washington. He's Tom Tuttle from Tacoma is his name. And he, <laughs> and, and he's he gets captured by the Chinese communist army. And and he's like, you know, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing that you can do that I will change and, and start sprouting any communist manifesto. And by the end of it, he's wearing like a communist um, a uniform. Do they hypnotize like, yeah. him? Oh, they well, basically they brainwash him, similar to how the doctor said oh, you can't brain, hypnotize yeah. me. They brainwash um, John Candy's character, and at the end, he's like the best, you know, um, soldier. They're like, okay, state oh, the three tenets of funny. communism, and he's like, he's speaking everything. But the funniest part of the at the end of the movie, the entire regiment, they're they're marching, and he's taught them the Washington State fight song. So they're like, go fight, fight, fight oh, for funny. Washington State. The entire communist you know, regiment is so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my little it's reference funny. from this. Yes. Well, so the doctor spills all the beans. Michael realizes now, wait a minute, it's not another world. This must be some sort of vessel. Right. And Seamus says something that if he can get their true name, 
then he can get them to it says if you can get a spirit to say their reveal their true name you will render yourself name. impervious to the charms that's what it so was. Yeah. Yes. so milo asked what is your true name to the doctor and of course the doctor doesn't have a name and he says well i haven't decided on haven't one yet <laughs> yeah he doesn't <laughs> they go they go bit. back There's and some forth. funny bits. It's very funny but in the end, Michael realizes the only person that he can talk to to get the information he needs is the hypnotized doctor. And he says, how do I get to the ship that Katie is on? How do I get there? And the EMH, our doctor, how do I get there? And the doctor looks, looks at the down mobile at the emitter. Mobile emitter. Yeah, and we know that he spilled the beans on, on yeah. that too. So we jump to the bridge. Tuvok has a notification at his console that the mobile emitter has been activated. So Janeway says to lock onto the signal and beam with who they think is the doctor to the bridge, but it's Michael. Michael's on the bridge now. Michael appears on the bridge mm -hmm. and then uh, we go to, a, that's the commercial break. Yeah. But we come right back and Michael, Michael's like, what is this place? He's looking around the bridge, completely kind of overwhelmed. He says, my cousin went to America once and saw some very strange things. And Janeway says, you're not in America. <laughs> um, but he does know that it's Voyager. Yeah. And Janeway takes a moment. She looks over at Chakotay and she tells him the truth. Yeah. She says, I'll show you my ship. Yeah. And Chakotay stands up, you know, captain. Yeah. And she goes to tell him the truth. All right. So now Janeway is given Michael a tour. They're in the corridors. And he starts off by saying, so this really is a starship, but how can this be possible? Because they're right by some windows. They can look out on the star field that we can see outside. And then Janeway brings up H.G. Wells book, The Time Machine. She, said, she says, have you ever read The Time Machine by H.G. Wells? And, and he says, oh, so you've traveled back in time then? And Jamie says, yes, in a manner of speaking. And as they're walking, they pass a couple of crew members that Michael recognizes as Patrick Gibson and his cousin Frank. They're in his pub every Saturday night for the rings tournament and they work on the wharf and Janeway says, well, guess what? You're going to find a lot of familiar faces on Voyager because we have been visiting your town for months. Mm -hmm. and Michael's curious. He's like, well, why? And Jamie says, we're explorers. And he's, you know, he's like, well, you know, I'm not sure if I buy that because there's probably a lot more interesting places other than Fairhaven to explore. And then Janeway kind of brings it back to a little bit of romanticism. She goes, well, can you think of any place you'd rather be? And so then Michael says, well, how long are you going to stay then? You know, what's the deal here? And Janeway says that depends if we're still welcome. Michael says his door is always open, but you know, you're the captain of a starship. I'm a barkeep. And Jamie says, well, just because we're from different worlds, it doesn't mean that we can't care for each other. And that's where you hear it off camera, Tuvok saying Tuvok to Janeway. Janeway says, go ahead. Tuvok says the situation has escalated. Evidently the townspeople have started to pile kindling at the base of three lampposts, which now means our three heroes, Tom, Harry, and the doctor are about to be burned at the stake. Not good. Mm -hmm. Not good. We go to the church on the holodeck and Michael and Janeway enter and she's in her uniform. The whole town turns to her. Yeah. But here's my thought. How did Janeway get back into the hollow program if all the controls were offline? Like I know how Michael got onto the bridge mm. with the with the hollow emit with the mobile emitter. Yeah. But if it was easy enough just to walk onto the holodeck. Why didn't they do that in the first place? Yeah. Like how did Janeway, what was different about the program, the malfunctioning program, if the controls were all offline, safety protocols offline, there's no way to get in there and save them. We said in the briefing room, we can't transport them out. How the hell did Janeway just walk into the program? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, Janeway's in there. Michael's in their church. The townspeople are still wound up. Milo points a gun at them. Uh, Michael tells the crowd that he has been to Voyager. He's been to their vessel yeah. and he brought Katie back and she wants to resolve things peacefully. Yeah. And she explains to everyone that, that they use technology, not magic, mm -hmm. and they don't want to destroy their town. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then Sullivan, Michael Sullivan explains that, you know, they've actually helped. They're not here to hurt you guys. They're right. They're here to, to help. Right. And they created clear days when it yeah. was rainy and Harry cloudy made it clear. and they saved exactly. children. Mm -hmm. And then somebody says, well, they turned Maggie into a cow and Paris says, I promise not to do that again. And looks over God. at Janeway. And she rolls her eyes. Does she roll her eyes very, at you? Did you get a good roll, eye roll yes. from the captain? <laughs> 
as you should. Yes, yes. as you Kate should. Not very funny Tom. reacting to Tom. <laughs> Tom's promise. Yes, ah, uh, but it. she she takes the mobile emitter, moves it moves it back to the doctor, right? And he wakes up basically yeah. out of his and out of his Michael Sullivan hypnotic trance, right? He, out of his out. hypnosis, yeah. yes. <laughs> and Michael Sullivan convinces the townspeople to not harm these people that uh, they're friends, and he he says he uses Janeway's quote. He yeah. says, "Just because we're from different worlds doesn't mean that we can't care for each other." Yeah. He stole that from Janeway. He sure did. He stole stole that quote right from her lips. But once he says it, Janeway's magic words, everybody calms down and it looks like we're safe. We have a we have a nice space flyby here. Yeah. yeah. And then we go into engineering. And uh yeah, there's Torres. She's complaining about the the holog- holodeck again. Yeah. Um She's, she again says we're going to have to put a limit on the time this program runs. Yeah, and Janeway agrees. She says, "Sorry, Tom, no more open door policy." And um, Balana asks, "Should we purge all the characters' memories?" Yeah, Janeway says, "No, no. We've learned to accept alien species. Let's hope the people of Fairhaven will learn to accept us." So she's going to go with it. Keep yeah. the program the way it is. They're going to know who we are. And uh, Janeway says, but before we shut the program down and begin repairs, what do you say? One more round at Sullivan's My Treat. Mm-hmm. And this whole scene, by the way, in engineering is one shot. This is mm. often I really love oneers. Yeah. But this scene is literally a four shot that just the camera doesn't move. We don't move. We're yeah. just standing there talking, facing the camera. I feel like I remember shooting the scene. Yeah. And I remember it being very late. Yeah. And we were behind. Yeah. And I think this was a moment where, you know, David Livingston had to just shoot. He had to make it fast. He, get, he couldn't get creative. He had to make yeah. it fast. Yeah. yeah. He had this both was one Mar- shot. Yeah. And we, yeah. I was going to say he had yeah, both Mary, Mary Howard probably- and, and Brad Jacobian coming down, breathing down on his neck, saying, look, we need to, we need to wrap this up. We cannot keep drawing this out. Yeah. Which was typical. We did draw things out, you know. It just yeah. happened that way with him yeah. directing. <laughs> so yeah, perfection. Yeah, they were the is. long. They were the long days. The for longest sure. days were with David. Yes. We go out to the street. Mm-hmm. How do you like this laughter that we start the scene with you and I? I thought it was kind of weird. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was the fakest laugh. Oh my god! I was like, we that was the fakest laugh as the camera sort of tilts up off the ground to find uh, us walking down the street, Harry and Tom. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so cheesy. Yeah, it was cheesy. Anyway. Yeah. But all, yeah, all Milo is well walks now. Over. All is well. Mm-hmm. All is well. Yeah. My, Milo wants to play rings. Maggie says hello to Harry. And mm-hmm. Harry's like, hey, Tom, I'll catch up with you later. Mm-hmm. He's off with his girlfriend. Seamus asks if he could use this their fancy machine to find help find a pot of gold. Yeah. I, I like how Tom, as they go into the bar, Tom says, just follow the rainbow, Seamus. But I did a little Irish accent on it. You did. You, sc- yeah. you snuck it in there, buddy. A little bit, even though they didn't want us to. Good job. And Michael is getting a gift from Janeway at the end. Yes. He opens it up and it's a book, A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which is by Mark Twain and also one of my favorite books as a kid. I love that book. I love that book. It was just one of the best books for me as a kid. Yeah, she gives him the book. She says it's a book about two people from very different times Mm -hmm. who fall in love, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what she told him. They were time I'm traveling to help him understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Michael says, I guess she's in love with this guy. She is. And Michael says, um, sounds familiar. Maybe I've read it. And he says, thank you, Katie or Catherine. Now, is it Janeway sort of smarts a little bit. And, J- and Michael says, well, they say, if you know a spirit's true name, that it renders you impervious against her charm. Do you think there's any truth in that? Janeway says, not a word. And he's like, I'm glad to hear it again. Nice little interchange written by Brian Fuller at the very end of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All yes. right. So everything's back to normal. Happy ending. I still struggle with Janeway falling in love with a hol- hologram. I don't know. <laughs> What's your lesson? My lesson is I'm going to steal my lesson from Janeway and say, 
just because we're from different worlds doesn't mean we can't care for each other. Well, I that's, stole my, stole that's a good my one. Lesson you stole Janeway. Well, you stole it from Janeway. Or you stole it from Michael, who stole it from Janeway. Is what yes, happened. Exactly. And so it's a, it's a double steal. But it's a very important message because, you know, in the times that we're living in right now, they're very divisive times. And, you know, that is the message that everyone needs to take to heart. I also have a few messages. Number one, why fix something that isn't broken or in the more colloquial, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Also, why adjust something that is already working fine is another way of saying it. Don't muddle things up. All right. And then my other other lesson is don't from the doctor, don't let confusion and fear get the best of you. Because I do believe that that is the mm-hmm. the beginning of mob mentality when you let yeah. confusion and fear get the best of you. Yeah. All right. So that's right. our lessons for this episode. Your rating? Good lessons. Yeah. My rating is very high for this one. I really enjoyed this episode. Mm. It had all the things. It had all our characters mm-hmm. involved in some way. It was it was a great script. I just, I thought it was really good. So I'm going to give it an 8.5. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to go higher. I like this. I'm going to go higher. Yeah. I'm going to go 8.9. And I'm going to go with the captain and admiral's average rating is going to be an 8.2. Well, let's see. Yeah. The average captain and admiral rating for Spirit Folk is... What? (laughs) 6.2. Well, I got the point two right, so I'm happy about that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You and I both love this episode, but it's not it's not the very popular. (laughs) No. I mean, there's a ton of holes in it for me with like logic holes and yeah. It was just still it's 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 a fun episode. It was well written and you know, yeah. We liked it with my eight point five. We liked it, and I'm shocked that I got the point two right though. (laughs) so funny okay all right everyone thank you for tuning in to robbie and i's recap and discussion of spirit folk join us next week when we tackle the episode ashes to ashes and for all of our patreon patrons please stay tuned for your bonus material